Oh my gosh, you did use that. Hey, good morning, everybody. Praise God, it's good to have you here at Grace Summit Church, whether in person or online. This is the beginning of uh, winter break for Henry County, Rockdale, a bunch of schools. So um, that uh, always affects things. Uh, in most pastor circles, we believe that these holidays were instituted by Satan himself. Can I have an amen? That there was a hidden agenda in the kingdom of darkness to thwart that and soccer and baseball and football games. Uh, Little League games were all done to thwart the kingdom of God. Uh, so we're glad to have you here today. And uh, so if you want to stand up with me, we're so glad to have Shanika again with us leading worship. Give her a good hand clap of welcome, if you will. I'm going to just tell you right now, this is the day. It doesn't matter what's going on in your life. God is faithful. God is good. Let's do something like a, an old Oral Roberts friend. Say this with me. Say, something good is going to happen to me. Who in here knows God loves you and he desires to minister to you. And if there's anybody in this church he wants to minister to, it's you. It's not somebody else. It's not your neighbor. It's not your friend. It's not your mama. It's not your daddy. It's you God desires to minister to. He loves you. And so I know sometimes that's hard for us to accept because we know us. And I always believe God should bless everybody else because I know this. And um, I, I feel unworthy of it. But you know what? Who in here knows I don't ever come on my worthiness? I come on His. I come on His grace. So uh, Shadika's going to come on up. Father, we thank you for this service. We bless everyone, Father, watching. We ask you, Father, that your uh, grace, whether uh, they watched at this moment or they watched during this week, that, Father, your anointing would be made manifest to them. They would see deliverance. They would see freedom. They would see uh, their hearts loosed and their minds loosed to serve you fully, to embrace you, and to experience your goodness and power. We thank you, Father, for it in Jesus' name, and we give you this service. We ask you to move in our life. We ask you to move in this day. We ask you to change us from glory to glory as we turn our attention, as we repent, and turn our full attention to you. In Jesus' name. And everybody says, Amen. Good morning, Grace Summit. Hallelujah. Come on and put your hands together. Hallelujah. For he's been good. Amen. He's good all the time. And all the time he's good. Glory to God. Today we're just going to worship him. It's going to need a little participation, a little more participation today, okay? <laughs> it's called, let it rise. Let the glory of the Lord rise among us. Let the songs of the Lord rise among us. Just let it rise. Amen? Amen. The glory of the Lord rise among us. Let the glory of the Lord rise among us. Let the praises of our King rise among us. Let it rise. Let the glory of rise among us. Let it rise. Oh, let it rise. Oh, let it rise. 
Can it get a little more volume on the uh, background? Oh, come on and put your hands together right there. Let the glory of the Lord, let it rise. Let the glory of the Lord, let it rise. Let the praises of our King, let it rise. Oh, let it rise. Let the glory of the Lord, let it rise. Let the glory of the Lord, let it rise. Let the praises of our King, let it rise. Oh, let it rise. Somebody say, oh, oh, let it rise. Somebody say, oh, oh, let it rise. morning hallelujah let the songs of the Lord let it rise let the songs of the Lord let it rise let the joy let the joy let it rise let it rise let the songs of the Lord let it rise let the songs of the Lord, let it rise. Let the joy, let it rise. Oh, let it rise. Somebody say, oh, 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 let it rise. Somebody say, oh. Today, yeah, let the glory of the Lord let it rise. Let the glory of the Lord let it rise. Let the praises of our King let it rise. Oh, let it rise. Let the songs of the Lord let it rise. Let the songs of the Lord, let it rise. Let the joy, let the joy, let it rise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Somebody say, oh, 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 let it rise. Somebody say, oh, oh. 
that he's worthy of all the praise. Come on, Grace Family, give him a praise today. Give him your best praise. Hallelujah. He's worthy. He's worthy. He's worthy. Hallelujah. 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 He's worthy. Hallelujah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Come on and put your hands together. He's worthy. He's worthy. He's worthy. Glory to God. He's worthy. How many of y'all know that we serve a good, good father? Hallelujah. Oh, I've heard a thousand stories of what they think you're like, but I've heard the tender whispers of love in the dead of night, and you tell me that you're pleased and that I'm never alone. You're a good, good father. It's who you are. It's who you are. And I'm loved by you. It's who I am. It's who I am. Hallelujah. Oh, and I've seen many searching for answers far and wide, but I know we're all searching for answers. Only you provide all should know just what we need before we say a word you're a good good father it's who you are it's who you are and I'm loved by you it's who I am it's who I am cause you are your perfect your ways, yeah. You're perfect in all of your ways. You're perfect in all of your ways to us. You are perfect, yeah. You're perfect in all of your ways. Perfect in all of your ways, oh. And I know it's undeniable I can hardly speak peace so unexplainable I, I can hardly think and you call me Deeper still as you call me Deeper still as you call me Deeper still into love, love You're a good, good father It's who you are, it's who you are 
and I'm loved by you. It's who I am. It's who I am. You're a good, good father. It's who you are. It's who you are. And I'm loved by you. It's who I am. It's who I am. Hallelujah. You're perfect in all of your ways. You're perfect in all of your ways. And I'm loved by you. It's who I am. It's who I am. You are a good father. It's who you are. It's who you are. Yeah. Loved by you. It's who I am. It's who I am. Hallelujah. Come on and worship right there. Lift your hands. Hallelujah. Yeah. He's a good, good father. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Right, Grace, that was a beautiful day out there. It's the day that the Lord has made, and I will rejoice and be... Boy, I'm glad you know that one. That's, uh, that's wonderful. Our prayer time for today, I went looking for scriptures. There's some very good ones out there. I kept circling back to peace of mind, perfect peace, God's perfect peace. I had this vision. I almost turned into like a coffee commercial. Here I see the ski chalet and the snowy mountains and you're sitting there with your 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 Nescafe with the whip top and but but I'm thinking that's a great commercial but where's your mind during that is your mind back with how the dogs are doing in the kennel and how's work and and that's not peace all right it has a great vision of peace but that's not peace there's only one way to peace and one way to perfect peace go ahead and let me have the scriptures of Kim this comes out of Isaiah. It says, open the gates that the righteous nation which keeps the truth may enter in. Ah, wonderful. May we always be a quote, righteous nation. Some, uh, some versions say uh, righteous people, righteous people. So you can interject that there. This is the one. You will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you, the Lord, because he trusts in you. And the last one, here we go, the polish off, trust in the Lord forever. For in Yahweh, here, the Lord is everlasting strength. So you're looking for perfect peace. You're looking for the mind to be settled, all the storms to be gone. You're looking for that perfect Nescafe moment, looking out over the Alpine and your brain not churning up problems for you to handle. And the devil says, oh, I'm gonna make you worry. I'm gonna make you worry about your health, I'm gonna worry about your money, I'm gonna make you worry about your house and kids and cars and grandkids. Ah, that's not peace. That's why he wants to keep you in turmoil. Because when you're in turmoil, when you're focused on the things of the earth, it's really hard to focus on praying for others, believing for others. So we're gonna pray for peace. We know there's only one source of perfect peace. And when you have that perfect peace, and I have a stat, I felt that, 
I felt that come over me, perfect peace, that I don't care if the world came to a screeching halt that moment. I was fine with it. It was good. The Lord was there. Now the world, unfortunately, jumps back in and we let it jump back in. But once you experience that, uh, there's no going back. There's no, you know where it is when you see it. So if you're not experiencing perfect peace, now's the time to come down. Let's have the elders come down, the pastors come down, and we will pray for the needs of the church. Come, come down.
Glory to God. I want us to, if you will, lift your hands up. Father, we thank you right now. We, every, if you will, lift your voice up. Let's just believe for God's healing power, delivering power, Father, for our nation. Father, we thank you right now. We praise you, Father. We thank you, Father. We give you glory and honor. Come on, lift your voice up. Don't, don't, don't be waiting there. We thank you, Father. Father, we, we turn our face towards you. We turn our face towards you. We give you our full countenance. We give you our full life. We thank you, Father, right now. Father, forgive us. Cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Bring, bring holiness to our, midst, our ranks. Bring, bring wholeness to our midst, Father. In Jesus' name. Come on, lift your voice up. Come on, come on. We thank you, Father. We thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. We thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Glory to God. Glory. Go ahead. Continue to worship. Amen. Dry your tears 
and wipe away all of your heartaches and pain when you don't have the words to pray and you don't have the words to say say the name say the name of Jesus come on and call the name yeah 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 of Jesus come on and call the name say the name it's so precious there's no other name I know say the name Jesus, say the name, it's so, it's so, it's so precious, say the name, it's so precious, no other name, no other name, oh no, it can calm your fears and dry your tears and wipe away You don't have the words to pray And you can't find the words to say Say the name There's something about the name of Jesus Do I have any witnesses this morning? He's gonna make a way when you say yeah If you call on the name of Jesus He'll stick closer than any brother There's something about the name of Jesus He'll be there, he'll come in a hurry if you call him, he'll be there, he'll stick close. Oh, he's gonna make a way when you say, My Jesus, my Savior, my Redeemer. He's my friend, he's my brother, he is Jesus. He's the mother for the motherless, he's the father for the fatherless. He will, he's gonna make a way when you say, he's a doctor in the sick room, he is. He's a lawyer in the courtroom, he is. He's Jesus, he's Jesus, he's Jesus. Oh, he's gonna make a way when you say, touch right now, heal right now, deliver right now. Oh, yeah, yeah. When you can't find the words to say, and you can't seem to make it through one more day. When you can't find the words 
to pray. Hallelujah. Come on and lift that name up. Say, Jesus, 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 in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Well, thank the Lord. I know that there were many people touched last Sunday, and uh, I think there were many people that were just touched this Sunday that were prayed for. So we, we thank God for that. We want to uh, take just a moment to continue to worship the Lord with our giving. So we want to bring our tithes and offerings to Him in just a moment if you want to prepare for that. If you're here in the sanctuary, of course, you can just take an envelope from and back of one of the seats. If you're watching online, they're going to be scrolling some things on the screen and uh, providing you a way to give this morning also. You know, the Bible says different things about giving. Of course, it talks about bringing our tithes to the Lord as our first fruits. And of course, it talks about God saying that he loves a cheerful giver. But how do you become a cheerful giver? There's one way to become a cheerful giver. When you think about that, it is a privilege and an opportunity to participate in giving. God actually gives us the privilege and the opportunity to participate with him with what he's doing on the earth and with sending the gospel out. And when we think about it that way, we should be able to give as a cheerful giver. In Colossians um, chapter 3, verse 23 and 24, it says, And whatsoever you do, do it heartily as unto the Lord and not unto men knowing that of the Lord you shall receive the reward of the inheritance, for you serve the Lord Christ. So everything we do, whatever we do, we should do it as unto the Lord, heartily as unto the Lord, including our giving. Would you say amen? And when we think about it as it being a privilege and an opportunity, we can do it cheerfully. So let's pray. Father, we thank you this morning that we can come into your house and we can worship you. We thank you that you bless us and you heal us and you touch us, Lord. We thank you that you save us, God. We thank you for the gospel that goes out, Father, in Jesus' name. And we thank you that you give us an opportunity and the privilege to participate with you in that. Because you didn't have to do that, Lord, but you did. And because of that, we are blessed because that's how good you are. And we worship you for that this morning, Father. And we just ask that um, you help everyone to give cheerfully this morning, knowing that we are blessed and how, how that you give us opportunity and privilege. And we praise you for it right now in Christ's name. And everyone said, amen. You may bring your tithes and offerings up now. I'm believing for the day that our ushers have to go work out at the gym at least two to three hours every week just to be strong enough to pick up the offering baskets. Can I have an amen? 
Amen. Glory to God. Amen. I had somebody tell me not long ago, they said, you know, they said, you're believing for more. They said, why don't you get bigger baskets? I agree with that. Amen. So we got to get bigger baskets. Amen. Everybody say God is good. Amen. So good to see everybody this morning. I, um, I, you know, immediately after service, I'm going to try to get to the connection of the info table. I'm going to try to get to the uh, for you. So if I hadn't seen you in a week or two or something, please let me uh, see you and let's try to chat and connect for a moment. I, uh, we were talking, me and Pastor Lisa the other day about somebody and she was saying, well, they weren't there. I said, well, they were there. I said, I talked to them. And then she said something and I'm like, she was like, well, they aren't, you know, I said, well, they aren't there. And she says, no, they were there. I talked to them. So um, it's funny how um, with size and stuff and time, people come and go and uh, you don't get to see everybody. So anyway, turn and look at your neighbor and say, I love you. I even like you. God is good. It's going to be a great day. So let's get going. Amen. Philippians chapter four. Father, we thank you for your word. Thank you for your spirit. Thank you that your spirit is upon us to not only to speak, to preach, um, to change us, but Father, to hear and to receive. That every eye sees, every ear hears, every heart is receptive to what you would say in Jesus' name. And everybody says, amen. amen. I'm gonna read, uh, we're, we're starting a new series today. Um, and it may be a, one or just maybe a short series. Me and Pastor Lisa were having a conversation about something and it struck, struck a nerve in me. Now, I am believing for 2023 to be a couple years, if you will, a couple things. Number one, on Wednesday night, we're talking about the, the Good Shepherd, the 23rd Psalm. Uh, I think we've done five or six services on it, and we're only in the second verse. We're just, I'm just taking it really slow. Um, I love the 23rd Psalm. So this is, I, I believe it's a year of a Good Shepherd, but I also believe it's a year of expectation. Sometimes when you talk about expectation, Everybody wants what? Henry, uh, John D. Rockefeller, the guy who was the great oil baron and stuff, richest man in the world for many years. They asked him one time, and they made a comment, asked him, they told him, they said how much money he had. And I mean, and this was, you know, turn of the century, 1920s. I mean, he had billions. I mean, you know, you know now it's 200 billions, but like some of the men in those days, their wealth was even more than the guys today if you take into inflation because they owned everything. And uh, they asked him, they, they said, you've got so much money, how much do you need? He said, well, just a little more. And that's, that was his attitude. That's a lot of those guys' attitude. They want just a little more. Now, who in here always wants more? We all do. But you know, in our society, sometimes now everybody wants to have less. They have these people who preach minimalism, meaning that you know, you'll be happy if you get rid of all your stuff. We used to have a 4,000, who's watched this TV show? You can watch it on HGTV, all, not as much anymore, but a couple years ago, every night of the week. We used to own a 4,000 square foot house and it was just so much to clean. So we sold everything and we bought an 80 square foot house that us and our 12 children will live in and uh, we're gonna drive across America. It's a tiny home. Who's ever seen that show? Now, who in here knows that neither, right, neither part is right? Now, I grew up, uh, I was born in Aiken, South Carolina. Evidently, we were truants or something, and we were immediately cast out of Aiken because six weeks later, we moved. I never lived there. And then we moved around. But I grew up primarily in West Charlotte, Belmont, North Carolina. All my life, Charlotte wants to be Atlanta. Has always wanted to be Atlanta. Then I come to Atlanta. Everybody here I know wants to go to Charlotte. I have met more people in my life in Atlanta and oh, I would just love to move to Charlotte. I wouldn't give a plug nickel for Charlotte. 
This, I remember Charlotte crime was so bad, so bad in downtown Charlotte. It was horrible in the 70s and 80s that Charlotte changed the name of downtown to uptown. And overnight, it was just as bad as it had always been. Can I have an amen? But it had a new name. I still remember the newscasters going in uptown Charlotte tonight. And I meet people now. And I've heard people say, oh, we just wish we could live in Charlotte. These are people in Atlanta. I'm like, you do realize they're no good, but you do have an NFL team. There's, no, there's one in Charlotte now, but it's no good either. Can I have an amen? I'm like, you do have a, 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 a major league baseball team. You got a major league uh, um, uh, basketball team, and we and Atlanta used to have a major league or you know a, a national hockey league. There's a lot of things. We have an aquarium. We got all this stuff. You have Civil War history. You have other history. You got history up and down the coast. You can get on the coast to get history. I mean, Georgia's a great place. But who in here knows Charlotte's a great place? Now, the reason I don't care for Charlotte so much is because I just I just always enjoy where I'm at. I really try to. Because here's a revelation where I am, write this down, is where I am. I know that's deep for many people. And that just went over the heads of some people. So I'm gonna read quite a number of verses from the book of Philippians. This is Philippians chapter four. This is verse 10. I'm gonna read those and then we'll pick up on something. But I rejoiced in the Lord greatly, now that at least your care for me has flourished. Let's stop for a minute. This book of Philippians, this is one of the, this, this chapter has two of the greatest verses, most quoted verses by the Apostle Paul. We'll read them both. If you read the whole book of the chapter, the book of Philippians, Philippians is kind of a, 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 a it's, it's a neat book. And it's really a thank you letter to the Philippian church for giving and supporting his ministry. And we'll read some of that. But what we're about to read is really the PS of the, of the letter. It's kind of the, it's just the tell end. I mean, he deals with stuff in Philippians. He calls people out in Philippians. Paul calls people out by name. Now, who in here knows what, today we have everybody this, this real weird attitude of love in people. God would never do anything to embarrass anybody. Well, no, he won't. But you push a line and he will. Can I have an amen? Who in here knows the Bible says that if we'll judge ourselves, we'll not be judged. So that's why that great revival right now is taking place in Asbury. Some kids are judging themselves, confessing sin, and God's moving in a great way. Who in here knows we need all that? And who in here knows what repentance is? Repentance is not crying about all the stuff you've ever done in life. Repentance is turning your full attention to God and realizing that you, without him, you are nothing and I think sometimes many of us have the pride, have the sin of pride much more than anything else because we think we can do it on our own. But who in here knows what Jesus is the only answer we have and Jesus is all we have. So now, so, so Paul calls out people in the Philippians and then he gets to this fourth chapter. In fact, if you want to, you can just read here. In chapter three, Paul says, finally, my brethren. I mean, he's wrapping this puppy up in chapter three. But who in here know Paul was a Pentecostal preacher? And Paul was never short-winded. Can I have an amen? So I, I love Paul. But I rejoiced in the Lord greatly, this is verse 10, that now at last your care for me has flourished again. Though you surely did care, you lacked opportunity. Not that I speak in regard to need, for I have learned in whatever state I am to be content. 
I know how to be abased. I know how to abound. Everywhere and in all things, I have learned both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. First, most favorite verse, uh, famous verse. Nevertheless, you have done well that you shared in my distress. Now you Philippians know also that in the beginning of the gospel, when I departed from Macedonia, no church shared with me concerning giving and receiving, but you only. For even in Thessalonica, you sent aid once and again for my necessities, not that I seek a gift, but I seek the fruit that abounds to your account. Indeed, I have all and abound. I am full, having received from Aphrodite the things sent from you, a sweet-smelling aroma, acceptable sacrifice, well-pleasing to God, and my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. I should have got a rousing amen to that, amen. Now to our God and Father be glory forever, and everybody say amen. amen. Let's go back to verse nine, I'm sorry, verse 11. Now that I speak in regard to need, for I have learned in whatever state I am to be content. I'm calling this the myth of more or the myth of less, finding contentment where you are. Now again, I believe 2023 is a year of a great shepherd and a year of expectation. Now that word there, contentment, who's ever heard the term the Stoics? Little history thing. The Stoics were uh, Hellenistic philosophers in Greek. Um, and and their, their belief was that through ethics and integrity that you, you found betterment, that you, you did it by being right. Well, let's do it this way. You did what's right, you did it because it was right, and you did it right, and you walked righteously in, in, in right standing circumspectly with other people. You always carried yourself, and that would give you a peace in your life. Uh, who in here knows that's in a, in a great sense a very biblical perception that we are called to walk righteous before the Lord. And God says if we will walk righteous with him, he will even give us peace with our enemies. Amen. I ought to have a better amen on that too. Amen. Now, so the Stoics believed in what was something called, and that word contentment is really not uh, translated contentment. We use it contentment. Sometimes though in contentment, when I say, well, you need to be content, well, I'll just put up with it. But that's not contentment. I mean, that's just endurance sometimes. That's just putting up with it. Who in here has ever had to put up with something? Now I'm 56 years old, I'm gonna tell you right now, I hate lettuce. I hate salad. I do like spinach. I'll eat a spinach salad. I will eat a Caesar salad if the right moon is out and there's a light frost on the ground and it's a leap year, can I have an amen? And more importantly, it's from O'Charlie's. It's gotta be O'Charlie's, I, like I do like their Caesar salad. But I do have to recut this lettuce because there are parts of it I'm not eating. I can't stand it. I am, um, I was raised that if I'm a guest, I eat what's in front of me. I've been delivered from that, can I have an amen? <laughs> I have no problem at all at 56 years of age at looking at somebody and say, would you like salad? No, do not want it, will not eat it. Would you like some cucumbers? No. Pastor Lisa will tell you, nothing gives me indigestion. Heartburn, I never have it, cucumbers. That's it. You know what I do? I stay away from them because I do not believe the Heavenly Father created cucumbers. I think somewhere in the Garden of Eden after the fall of man, cucumbers and lettuce were perverted by the whims of Satan himself. That somehow he got into it. I don't like them. I'm not, I'm not content with that. So I'm just not gonna carry that. 
Now, the word contentment there, so again, to many people just means endurance. And God is not wanting us to walk in a place of endurance. The Stoics considered this self-sufficiency. But now see, Paul Christianizes that term, self-sufficiency. Now, let, let me ask you this though. Who's ever done this in life? If I get this, I'll be there. I'll be happy. All I need is this. I had a pastor tell me years ago, we were, we were very good friends. He goes, the Lord, had, and he was a great writer. He had great penmanship too. My gosh, I mean, it looked like something like the Declaration of Independence. I mean, he had beautiful penmanship. And he uh, grew up Presbyterian before he got spirit-filled, so he wrote out his whole sermon. And many times would read his sermon because that's the way he was trained. And, uh, but he looked at me one time and he says, the Lord has spoken to me to write books. I said, well, praise God, you know. We talked about it every now and then. And so he would look at me. Now, he wrote his sermons out on a legal pad. And every time, one time he said, you know, he goes, I got to get a typewriter so I can start writing. So he went out and bought a word processor. It's one of the early first word processors. So, you know, you could type a little bit, hit return, and you didn't have to make all those mistakes on those old manual typewriters. Who remembers the manual typewriter? Say amen. Who remembers the beautiful click-clack sound of a typewriter? I love that noise. Okay. And so, he, well, he never wrote anything. Well, then one day, me and him both went and bought laptops, early laptops. The laptop didn't even have a hard drive. had two floppy disks. This is how old this was. This is how long ago this was. And didn't even have a screen, really. It had that green screen thing with just little ASCII characters. I mean, it, but it would write. He bought it. Well, I think we both paid $400 for them. I mean, it, was, it, was, it was like a killer deal because they were like two, $3,000. We got them for clearance. And so we got them. I used mine for a number of years. And I mean, everything was huge. It had a handle built into it to carry the thing around. And I thought I was something else with a two floppy disk. I had one floppy for the system and one floppy to write stuff. And those floppies would hold, I think, 360K kilobytes, nothing today. I asked him one day, I said, you writing? No, I'm not writing. I need to get a color computer so I can, who in here knows that if he had wanted to write, he could have wrote with the legal pad. He was already doing it with sermons. He was letting something else. Well, I gotta have this. I gotta have that. Well, again, sometimes you can do the same thing with the minimalism. Well, I gotta have that. I just need to get rid of this. If I could just get rid of all this debt, I'll be happy. I got a friend who paid off all his debt, then paid off all his house, and is completely debt-free, and he's roughly my age. He's 58, 59. He made a comment. He says, I gotta be honest. He said, it's harder for me to live now than it's ever been. I said, why? He says, because I should be saving. He said, but baby, we got some money now. <laughs> he said, I ain't got a bill one. He says, you let me want it, I just go by. He says, although, he says, we're supposed to be saving. And he's like, I thought once I got all this taken care of, I'd be happy. And I'm not. But again, Paul uses the phrase self-sufficiency. Let's look at it again. This is verse 11. He says, I am learned in whatever state I am to be content. I know how to be abased. I know how to abound. Now, <clears throat> again, I was asking a question. Uh, how do you fill in this blank? Uh, I'll be happy when, when I'm healed, when I'm promoted, when I'm married, when I'm single, when I'm rich. I'm gonna throw this out. If you do that a lot, you're not content. And God wants you to live contented or I'm gonna say it again, 
Paul Christianized the phrase self-sufficient because our sufficiency isn't in ourselves. Is that right? Our sufficiency is in Christ, in Jesus, in him. Our sufficiency is always. And if you ever make yourself the sufficiency, you have become almost an idol worship because you are now the God that is gonna get you through. Who in here knows that without God, none of us is gonna make it? Same pastor who said he was right, I've always loved this story. He said he was talking to another pastor one time and they're talking about a third person they know that had served God and had turned his back on God and gotten way back off into sin. Living right, wrong. And he's talking about it and he says, boy, he sure needs God. And he's talking about, he keeps just talking to the one guy. He says, man, he goes, that guy just needs God. He just needs to give, he just needs God. He needs God. And the pastor friend of mine looked at him, he said, well, I do too. He goes, you do what? He goes, I need God. And the first guy's like, well, what do you need God for? He said, man, I need God just as much as the other guy does. He said, without Christ, I'm nothing. What did Jesus say? Without me, you can do, everybody said, nothing. So you have to make sure. So again, when I use that phrase self-sufficient or contentment, we're not talking in and of ourselves. We are definitely talking deeply rooted, sanctified, holy, in the things of God that Jesus is first priority and only thing that we serve. Can I have an amen? That's it. We have self-sufficiency in him. But again, if you're always looking, you need to judge that. Let's look at the Passion Translation real quick. I like it. I don't know if you like it. If you don't like it. Sorry. This is um, verse 11. I'm not telling you this because I'm in need. And this is, this is where he thanks them for the support of his ministry. For I have learned to be satisfied in any circumstance. I know what it means to lack. I know what it means to experience overwhelming abundance. Who's ever experienced lack? Who's ever experienced abundance? Can I have an amen? amen? I love this though. For I am trained in the secret of overcoming all things, whether fullness or in hunger. And I find the strength of Christ's explosive power infuses me to conquer every difficulty. Paul learned the secret of overcoming. In fact, not only learned it, he trained himself in the secret of overcoming, which tells me that that contentment and self-sufficiency is actually several things. It has to be learned, it has to be grown, and it is something that we develop over time through all the things we go through. Because who in here knows we always want things to change? I ought to get a game in, we all do, let's be honest. Who in here wants to make more money next year than you make this year? I mean, who in here wants a raise this year? Who in here wanted a raise last year? Who didn't get a raise last year? Can I have an amen? You know what I'm saying? I mean, whatever. So you always want more. Who in here feels pretty good today? Who in here wants to feel better tomorrow? We always want more. So again, we're not talking about not advancing towards thing in contentment. Self-sufficiency means that we have developed to the point that we are, again, again self-sufficiency in the Stoics actually meant having enough reserves to get you through the pressure. And I like that. Because who would hear no life's, life's got issues. Life brings pressure. And you better have enough reserves to get you through it. Now the problem is the people who never have any reserves. 
Um, I, I was thinking the other day, I was, me and Lisa were talking about money and stuff. Now, I got some savings. I don't have probably near as much as some of y'all, but I do have some. Who in here knows savings is nice? It's nice to know if the hot water heater blows, I just go buy one. Now, I'm going to put it in. I'm not going to pay somebody to put it in because that's just fun. I said, I mean, I, I enjoy that. I, I'd enjoy doing that. Did the last time I did it. That was fun. S soldered all the joints. I didn't shark bite it. Can I have an amen? Because God has blessed me to be a man. Can I have an amen? And secondly, I didn't know that much about shark bites. So the next one I get, I'm putting it in with shark bites. Can I have an amen? So I mean, I just like, but, but I, I don't have to sweat it. It's nice to have reserves. So, you know, I encourage everybody. Everybody ought to be saving. Everybody be holding. But you know, the other side of that is you got to do something during the process. You got to be doing it. But again, who in here has ever met people who are so tight they won't spend a dime? Let me tell you about one such individual. My brother. When, when he was little, man, he was tight. We would go to the mall. My sister, me, my brother. My sister's three years older than me. My brother's six years younger. So here we are. You got me? Here we are. We go up. We go to McDonald's. My sister's uh, like 14. I'm 11. My brother's five. My sister orders. She pays. Because we've all got our allowance. I order. I pay. We go, Jim, what would you like? Um, I want a, a, a double cheeseburger, a large fry, and a, and a large drink. Now, look, Jim, you've got to pay for it yourself. <sighs> I want a glass of water. Immediately. <laughs> We've been gone all day. My sister and me were looking at each other. I hate him to be hungry. That, that, that. He played us every time. Because you know what? He knew we'd pay for it. Every time. Okay, I'd look, me and Robin would go, I'll pay half, you'll pay half. We didn't want him to be hungry. We thought he didn't have money. Snothead had money. Can I have an amen? He was playing us. You know what? The, 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 who's ever met somebody who's so uncontent with that? They're constantly, oh, we can't spend this. We can't do that. Again, you gotta, that, they're not sufficient. They're afraid they're going to hit a day where they don't have any money. In fact, you, you don't see that as much today, but you can always see that of people who went through depression. Yes. Me and Melissa one time were talking with my mother-in-law. She grew up right after the depression, experienced hard times. We were talking about furniture. And I still remember we were talking about buying some furniture. And I said, man, I saw this old piece of furniture. I said, it was about 100 years old. I said, it actually had like, like wormhole things in it going in. I said, it was beautiful. Had this patina look. It was gorgeous. My mother was like, what would you want a piece of junk like that for? Why, some old piece of junk somebody else threw away. Why, why don't you go to the store and buy something new? New? So, so, so contentment for her, or, or a lack of, was being driven by, we got to have it new because all we got is old. Well, what's funny is, I didn't, sometimes when I thought, I didn't see a lot of the old. I like the old. Who in here knows neither is wrong, but if you chase one too long, it can be wrong. And see, that's what Paul is trying to get us out of. And that's where Paul says, listen, I know how to be a base. I know how to abet. But look at what he says to them. He actually makes this comment. Again, you have to have a reserve. It says here, well, let me flip back to you. Verse 17, not that I seek the gift, but I seek the fruit that abounds to your account. Indeed, I have all and abound. I am full, having received from Aphrodite. Now, I want to ask you a question. I don't know this answer. <laughs> 
I don't think you know this answer. He said, I am full and I abound. Does that mean he had all the money and all the stuff he needed? It could have meant, but it could have meant that he just knew that God was faithful, gonna meet his needs. I can do all things through Christ and I'm good. I personally believe it leans more to this side, but this side's still probably taken care of some too. Cause why? Cause God is faithful. I told a story in the um, small groups. Years ago, I was with all these pastor friends and we're talking and everybody's doing testimonies and, and prayer requests mostly. And you know, most, most everybody before it gets to me, they're like, pray for me. You know, we got a new car and it's not working out. I mean, that's not a big deal. Pray for this, you know. I, my son just going to college and we're having to work through that emotionally. Well, I get that, but you know, it gets to me. This is on a Tuesday, this is at the landing. They said, what do you need, Brother, Brother Chris? I said, well, I said, y'all pray for us that we get $8,000 by Wednesday night or Thursday morning. I said, I gotta have $8,000 to pay the power bill. I said, the church has been behind a number of times. This is probably within the first seven, eight months I've been at the church. I said, has been behind in the past. I said, been so behind. I said, in fact, if we don't pay it Thursday, it's gonna cost us like ten, eleven thousand $11,000 to get it turned back on. So I gotta have $8,000 by Thursday morning. Well, it's like the air sucked right out of the room. And uh, the next brother, he said, they, he said something, they asked him, they said, what are you? He goes, well, I just have a praise. They said, what's the praise? He said, I praise God I'm not Chris Vaughn. Thank God Almighty. He said, that's all I know. He goes, I'm leaving happy today. Well, who in here? I got to be honest. I had great expectation that God was going, well, that's called self-sufficiency. That God is able to do that. I'm not chasing after that. Now, here's where I've messed up many times in life. I'll chase it. Because who in here has ever been hungry? and broke and you ain't got enough money to do your month so you got to get some more money am I the only one so what would I do I'd start trying to figure out ways to make money and I'm good at figuring out ways to make money I really am not all of them make money but I'm good at figuring out ways I mean I got you know you try I've been there it's easy to stay discontent because you're frustrated where you are I, I may not should tell this story, but I am. So 22 years ago, last, this month, we moved to Georgia. I knew it was the will of God to move to Georgia. She knew it was the will of God to move to Georgia. We felt peace that it was the will of God to move to Georgia. It was hell on earth. And I hated it. I hated Georgia for six months. No, eight months till October. I hated it. I knew it was the will of God. Now there were some things because I came on staff at a church down here, Living Way, Pastor Scott, and there were some things where we miscommunicated or my opinion didn't communicate right at all. And so, I, so there was uh, expectations I had which were not fulfilled. And just to be honest, I didn't get as much money as I had thought I was gonna get. I actually got less. And I'm having to work a good probably 35 more a week, 25 at least, 25 hours a week at least. A lot of pressure. And some stuff I didn't even know. I just expected to make it work. Now I'm gonna throw this out to something. I don't have a lot of patience sometimes for people who don't try to make something work. And that's to be honest. Because all my life I've just had to make it work on some things in ministry. And it, and it does kind of wear me out when sometimes with somebody and you'll say, well, can you do this? I don't know how to do that. Well, my Lord, there's YouTube, there's videos. Ask. Just do something. Try. Can I have an amen? Just try. 
It may break, but praise God, you tried. I'd, I'd rather see somebody try something than do nothing. Well, I just don't know what to do, okay. So, so I had to deal with some of that. Not only in me, but other people. Because I was over everything. I, I didn't know I was gonna be over everything. Let's all say this word together very slowly so we can emphasize the point. Everything. That was my job. I hated it. I kept looking back. I kept thinking forward. Before that, I had been a guest speaker, traveling evangelist, uh, a conference speaker. I'd preach at different churches every week. But now again, we both said we knew it was the will of God to move to, Char uh, to, move to Atlanta. Did we, did we not? We knew it, I knew it was the will of God. And yet I hated it. And when I say hated it, I mean despised. I was not happy, true? I was not happy. Scott Reese was not happy. The kingdom was not happy. And I was doing everything I could to do it right. But who in here knows when this isn't happy, the spirit of a man. It messes everything else up. So on September 11th, we go down to the beach. Uh, during the week of September 11th, we went to Edisto Island. And we're out there on Edisto, and we'd done something, and that's the only time we ever went there, and it was a great vacation, except for September 11th. I also had to do my grandmother's funeral. I did that on a, September 11th was a Tuesday. That closed down everything that we could go to in Charleston. Wednesday, I did a funeral. So Thursday and Friday, we'd planned on doing a bunch of stuff with the kids when we can't do none of that because everything's shut down. So I sat up one night late and I wrote out all my feelings about what I was going through. And I'd do that every now and then. And I gave it to her to read. And here's the part that hurt me the most. She started crying. And I was like, well, what's wrong with you? You ain't going through this stuff. She said, it hurts me to know that you, you, you hurt this bad. And so... Me and Scott one day had a heart-to-heart, -heart and I just told him, I said, I'm done. And he said, okay. He said, well, I don't want you to leave. He said, but he said, if you are, you know, I'm done. Driving home from that meeting, now here's my point. I got to praying. I, I knew two things. I knew no matter where I go, God's going to take care of me. Now, I have confidence in that. Much, you know, and then you get those people, well, what if it's not the perfect will of God? I'm his sheep and he's my shepherd. And I may be out of off the perfect, but he's always leading me back to it. So he will not leave me nor forsake me. So I'm not gonna be not taken care of by him. Does everybody got that? That's not up for debate in my heart. I know people who wanna debate that, have fun with that and believe your good shepherd leaves you absent in the field. Not mine. He's a good shepherd. Can I have an amen? So that's why when I see him, I go, I, I, I. can I have an amen? Every time I, 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 you know, I'm happy. I knew that, but I also knew that the hand of God wanted me there in Atlanta. So I'm driving home. Now, who's ever heard the story of Abraham? Promise for 25 plus years, father of many nations. 25 plus years, his wife's gonna have a baby. 25 plus years that the sea, I mean, the, 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 the sand and the stars would be like all his children, and he ain't got a kid yet by his wife. 
But if you find in Hebrews 4, it says he had perceived in a dream. He had perceived that God could raise his son from the dead. And he finally gets that son, and then God asked him to give it up. How could he do that? Because what I just said, he had already perceived in a dream. The Bible says he did not doubt, he did not waver, but grew strong in faith, giving praise and glory to God. He held to what God had told him to do. Now see, that is always the kicker. And this is where I learned it. And I gotta be honest, in 20 something years, I mean, I'm a hard nosed guy with this and I, don't, and I shouldn't be. But you tell me God told you to do something and then you complain about it, you're a liar and a hypocrite in my book. I know that's a hard way to say it, but I have gotten to the point where I am just so tired of hearing preachers, God, you know, in public, God told me to do this. And then in private, I'm around there, my gosh, that's the worst church. I don't, you know, them people lie and I just don't even, yet you said God Almighty told you. Why do some people not have contentment? They do not formalize and platformize whatever you want to say and make a platform of what God has told me to do, I will do at all cost. That's the first place of commitment, uh, contentment. That's the first step. And there was something happened. What's amazing was it happened in me and it happened in Scott Reese, all, both at the same time. And I called him and, he, and, I, and we were talking on the phone and he said, well, I don't want you to go. I said, well, I don't want to go. And would you agree? From that moment, I, have, I don't understand why anybody would want to leave Atlanta. I really don't. But I'm called here. I understand why people want to go if you're called there, because I love that great theologian, country music star, member of the Grand Ole Opry, Clint Black, who sang a great message one time when he said, everywhere you go, there you are. See, contentment is never there. Contentment is always found here. That's where Paul said, I know how to be abased. I know how to abound. You know, it's funny as um, I wear a nice watch. Lisa got me a nice watch 14, 15 years ago, 15 years ago this year. And it's the only watch I ever wanted my whole life. I wanted one my whole life. And she got it for me. And every time I say, it's the only thing I wear now. Remember that, time, that season where I was wearing two watches, the smart watch and this watch? That's why I wore that because I, I'm not taking this watch off. I, I, I'm gonna wear this watch every day of my life. But I gotta be honest, it is just a watch. And I was happy with, uh, she got me a psycho one, uh, psycho, a Seiko. I probably was psycho for wearing it. <laughs> Sorry about that, a psycho watch. I put it on and, and uh, I mean, I had one that was actually bought to him from the youth of a youth camp. They took up an offering one year for me and Lisa. And they gave me, um, it was about $300 out of kids coming to youth camp. Bless me. I still have it. It don't work, but I have it. The, the battery died in it. You can send it off, but it's, it's like $400 to get the $300 watch fit. So it just sits in the box. I actually have my grandfather's watch that he had when he died. And I've worn it some, got it fixed. I like them all. But I only wear that one, you know why? Because that brings more contentment to me because it reminds me of her. 
I mean, I like wearing the one my grandfather had, but it's not waterproof for one. It's the loudest watch I've ever worn in my life. I can't even go to sleep with that thing on because it's like, I mean, it's like from the, I even had it under the pillow. You can hear, but it's a beautiful watch. I mean, I like it, but this one brings more contentment. But you know what? They're all watches. My dad, we tried to get my dad a watch for years. My dad wore a Timex from Walmart for $38. Broke the crystal. I said, Dad, let's go get you another one. No, this one's fine. Had tape on it, scotch tape. Did that for probably 10 years. I mean, he'd start poking, he'd, he'd scrape it off. He scraped it off so much, you couldn't read some of the other places where the plastic thing was because he had scratched it. He said, well, son, I don't care. He said, but if you want one, let's go get you one. What was his contentment? He wanted to make me and my sister and brother happy. So you gotta find your place of contentment. But that place is only ever found in the Lord first and what God has told you to do. And when you submit to that, I promise you this, everything in life becomes easier. I told Lisa this week, that's probably one of the sweetest compliments she ever gave me. And first time I ever traveled as an evangelist, I griped and complained all the time. Because I had been to churches, I mean, man, I'd have, I'd have pastors just lie to me and cheat me out of money, many times. I'd have pastors who wouldn't be straight with me. You know, oh, oh we, we, you know, just, just play games and stuff. And so it, it's frustrating. You know, you know, you go to a church. One time I drove nine hours to a church and got $70. I had a wife and two kids. What's funny was I got mad all the way at home. And I was trying, in fact, I didn't get enough money to pay gas. And I, I'm mad and I'm griping about it all the way home. And the Lord told me to shut up and repent because he met my needs and he was, he was my source. I said, okay. What's funny was about Five months later, that same pastor called me and asked me to come speak at this conference thing he was putting on. <laughs> no, I ain't going to that. Lord told me, he said, you go. So I went to it. That one conference probably booked my calendar two to three months out of the year after that event. I mean, who in here knows sometimes you sow seed, but he always gives the harvest. I thank God I went that first time for the $70. You know why? Because that fed me for years. There's a few churches there right now to this day, I could call up and say, Pat, Brother Larry, could I come preach? And they'd say, yeah, come on. They, they, they email me now and say, why don't you come? You know, I sound like, well, I'm pastoring a church. I have a job. <laughs> That's my job. I keep doing that. I'm not having my old job. My old job was I could come. And so, you know, but you have to know what God has told you to do. Now, you may look at me right now and say, well, Pastor Chris, I don't know what God's told me to do. Then what you have to do is walk in the realm of what you do know. And what you do know is the Word of God. You live righteous. Whatever you have found your hand to, give it with all your might. Well, Pastor Chris, I don't know if I should be an astrophysicist. I know there's several of y'all in the congregation. Can I have an amen? Believing for that. We used to have a doctor from the CDC. I love that. Always made me feel so... I don't know what. But I don't think I'm supposed to be an astrophysicist. Well, again, he's your good shepherd. Be content where you are until he moves you. Here's, here, here's the funniest part of life to me. 
it seems like the moment you get really content where you are, God moves you somewhere else. You know why? Because if you get so content in one place, you forget who he is. What did the psalm, what actually the psalmist said, but he wrote in Proverbs, what did David say? He said, God, give me enough that I'm never hungry, but don't give me so much that I forget who you are. That's a good prayer. Now, it didn't mean that you can't have abundance, but who in here knows if a million dollars a year doesn't make you forget God? He don't mind you having a million, but if a million dollars in 10 makes you forget him, oh, he don't like that. But you have to find that place. So you might say, well, I don't know something. That, you know, I, don't, I don't really have a specific word from the Lord. I had one pastor one time, I told somebody one time, and I, I meant it. I said, if I have to hear him complain about what God told him to do one more time, I said, no wonder he's miserable. He gripes about it. And the Bible says, if you're willing and obedient, you'll eat the good of the land. So Lisa, one time, so the first time I traveled, I hated it. There's sometimes I just hated it. Got me so aggravated. Never given grace to the times I messed up to the pastors. Can I have an amen? But then I was on staff at Living Way, and then I traveled again for about four years. And that first six months, and she never knew it, but inside, man, I am, I am a duck that is calm on the top, but buddy underneath, I am screaming. Because I don't have a regular paycheck, that which had never bothered me in my life till that time. And so I'm just doing everything I can in here to make sure I'm, I'm in faith and I'm right. But I purposed in my heart, I would never complain about it. And the reason being is I can still take you to the exact spot where I heard the Holy Spirit speak to me to return into the ministry that I have given you. It's right near exit 173, Tacoa, Georgia. There's a little dip on 85 South. I can take you to the spot. And every time I get that spot, I remember the goodness of God. And somebody asked, they said, does he ever complain? You know, having to go out of town and Sometimes it's a good offering, sometimes it's not. And she said, no, he never really does. I don't know, to me, it was one of the sweetest compliments I ever got because I, all of a sudden it, it had become real. I had become content in what I'm called to do. You'll never be content in what you're called to do or in anything in life if all you ever do is speak ill of it. Never. I heard a guy say one time and. He was talking about all the stuff God had given him. God had given him cars and God had given him this. And he said, somebody looked at him and said, well, I don't know why God don't give me a good car. And he said, let's go look at your car. And he said, number one, there's trash all in the back seat. He said there was, um, had not been washed in 47 years. I'm, I'm exaggerating. He looked at him and he said, well, he said, why would God give you anything? He says, you don't take care of anything you got now. Well, 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 or he said, well, now you do what you want to do. He said, but I wouldn't give you a car either if you're going to treat it like that. Now, who in here know if you got an old junker and it's a beater? I'm not talking that. But who in here knows too, you still need to take care of a beater? I saw a picture of somebody's car. I don't know how they drove it. It was a little four-door car. God is my witness. It had plastic bottles all the way to the ceiling in the back, all the way out the back, went towards the back window, all the way in the front passenger seat up to about eye level. And if anything fell on you, I don't know what you would have done to hit the pedals because I mean, it was nothing but plastic bottles. And it wasn't like a prank. 
you could tell the, you could see the trash and the wrappers and the candy things and stuff. It was horrible. Contentment would not have you do that. Why? You're self-sufficient. It doesn't take much to be self-sufficient in Christ. It just takes leaning on him. Can I have an amen? Now, next week, I'm going to go through five things you can do to be content or to walk in sufficiency. But the one I'm going to end on this one, and I'll hit it a little again, is you have to make what Jesus said the most important thing in life. And the first thing he says to all of us is to be born again. Can I have an amen? amen. And the second thing he says is follow me. I think it's great that in this day, all of us get to follow him intimately. But in his day on this earth, there's really only 12 that got it. Really about 120 or so traveled around with him. But only 12 were really close. And out of the 12, he did more with three. And out of the three, it says he loved John. But who in here knows Jesus don't have favorites? I think John just felt he was loved more by John, by Jesus. Because I know Granny Vaughn loved me more than any of my other cousins. Can I have an amen? How she could even love some of them hellions, I don't know. I mean, I, I was the angel child. Can I have an amen? I know it. Because she brought me my favorite cake every year for my birthday. I did not know until I was about 14 years old. She took every kid their favorite cake. I just thought she did me because I'm her favorite. Jesus loves you. Contentment always starts there. I'm going to throw this out and I want everybody to meditate on this this week. If you're not content in your heart, you'll never be content in any other area of your life. You'll always be striving. Who's ever met a guy who's a player? Always having to date every woman, sleeping around, living right to sleep wrong. Can I have an amen? But you know what's the bad thing about it? And they don't understand why some things don't work. Their heart's not settled. Because if you can't be content single, you'll never be content married. If you can't be content poor, you'll never be content rich. Because all the stuff we're talking about right now is just stuff. Well, I hate my job. Find contentment. I, you know, I just, I just don't like this. I just don't like that. I hate doing this. But what if God told you to do it? You know what you ought to say? Yes, sir, I'll do it. I find my strength in you. You know, some things that God tells us to do do stretch us. Can I have an amen? It stretches our faith. It stretches our, our expectations. It's hard in the natural. But you know, once you give up to it and you just say, well, you know, whatever it is, it is. Y'all heard me tell the story too many times. I was in that mission trip into Panama, hated it, mad as a hornet for about a day and a half. The van does not have air conditioning. Can I have an amen? It's 100 degrees, there's 15 people in a 15 passenger van with 15 people's worth of luggage in the van. There is no room for air to move in the van with the windows down. Has everybody got me? 15 people, 15 passengers, 15 people's luggage crammed in the van. It is underneath us. We're holding it. It's there. We could have rented another van. Can I have an amen? This is what I'm saying to myself the whole two day and a half. I'm mad. I'm aggravated. We paid money. 
I'd have paid extra money to take care of my church people. And I'm sitting there and I mean, I am mad. And the reason why the guy wouldn't do it was because he didn't want to spend the money. It was going to cut into his profit on our missions team. I said, my gosh, man, I'll go rent one now. Oh no, I don't want to put you to any bother. I'm like, well, you don't mind making me sweat for 12 days. And we had to drive all the way across the nation of Panama. That van overheated often. And we would have to get out in the middle of a jungle, let it cool down and walk up the hill so that it didn't strain the van. And $750 would have rented us a new van for a whole week. I would have paid $750. Can I have an amen? But I'm telling you, I heard the voice of God speak in my heart. Chris Vaughn, you shut up. And you sit down. And you enjoy the ride. This doesn't last forever. You only got about nine to eight days left. So hush. Be a good leader. Be a good example. And enjoy the ride. I got to be honest, after hearing that sternness, I repented, I had the best time. Sweated like a dog. Can I have an amen? Had the best time. Everybody around me still griping and complaining, it's hot, it's hot. Have you noticed that talking about how hot it is does not make it any cooler? I know that shocks many people. Hot, hot, hot. I had the best time. We saw God move. I mean, we saw God move. Everybody say contented. contented. Means self-sufficiency. Say that with me. Means self-sufficiency in him. And he's a good shepherd, guys. He'll lead you and guide you. He'll, 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 walk, he'll lead you. He'll take you to the, to the small places, to the quiet places. And in fact, even in the presence of enemies. Now think about this self-sufficiency. I can't wait to get to this on Wednesday night. In the presence of enemies, he still prepares a table for us and we eat in comfort. That is contentment. Can you imagine sitting across the table from an enemy sworn to kill you and not even flinching to eat in peace? Why? Because you've got a shepherd with you. That's contentment. I would be eating like this. One hand on the gun, one hand on the fork. Can I have an amen? Now, I'm right-handed, so this fork's going to get messed up, but that gun's going to be ready. Can I have an amen? That's the way I'd be eating. But who in here know that I know that if the good shepherd's behind me and he's got a rod and a staff, he can beat the snot out of that guy before he even flinches, amen? I can be content and enjoy the presence and enjoy that moment. Everybody say contentment is who I am in Christ, amen. Father, we thank you right now, we bow our heads. We thank you for your goodness to us. We thank you for your graciousness. Father, we ask you right now, to speak to our hearts, areas that we need to give you. Right now, if you're not born again, I, I challenge you, command you to prayerfully make Jesus the Lord of your life, whether you're in person or online. But if you'd say right now, Pastor Chris, I'm not content in certain areas. Right? You know, now again, I'm not saying enduring. I'm talking about an inner heart peace, knowing that God is at work in your situation taking you from one place of glory. The Bible says he leads us from glory to glory. 
See, again, if you're content, meaning you're putting up, you would never want to leave where you are. That's not what that means. That means that you're self-sufficient in that moment, according to him. If you'd say, that's me, Pastor Chris, I need, to, I need contentment in my spirit. I need God to do a work of contentment in my life. Nobody look around, hold your hand up real quick. Just hold it up real quick. Amen. Everybody look up at me when I say this. I preach on this sometimes to myself. I've never, I don't know if I've ever preached on this in public, but um, contentment sometimes not easy for me. Because I mean, I'm always, it's always been, I, I've, I've told people this for years. For 10 years, I, this was my prayer for me. God help me enjoy the day I'm in. Because I'm always looking ahead. What are we gonna do next week? What am I got tomorrow? What am I gonna do this? Man, what, what am I gonna do when my kids get in high school? What am I gonna do when they get in college? What am I gonna do this? What am I gonna do now? I mean, I started doing it with Jackson. I mean, he, well, I'm gonna, he got, a few years, he's gonna be in, my, um, um, in elementary school. I mean, I, can't, I mean, mine's thinking about that instead of enjoying the moment I got. And God wants you to enjoy the moment you got. You know why? Because he ain't there. God's only here. Can I have an amen? So I'm gonna pray this prayer and I want everybody to pray with me. But everybody has to deal with it in some way or fashion or form or another. But always make sure that you are doing what you know is the will of God. That's the first step to it. Father, in Jesus' name, pray this with me. Father, in Jesus' name, I thank you right now. And I ask you to do a work in my life. I believe that Jesus is Lord. I believe you raised him from the dead. I believe I am saved. But I ask you to help me walk in a spirit of contentment. Self-sufficiency in you, not in myself. I will not chase other things. I will only chase you. My joyfulness, my happiness, my safety, my peace, my abundance, my prosperity, my healing, everything flows from you. I will only look under the hills from whence comes my strength, and my strength is from the Lord. In Jesus' name, I say this by faith. I am content. I am self-sufficient. I know how to be abased. I know how to abound. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me because my God meets all my need according to your riches and glory by Christ Jesus. In Jesus' name, I command that in my life that I will submit, I will be committed, I will be contented, I will be self-sufficient in Jesus' name. And everybody say amen. 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 Now again, we don't, that doesn't mean we don't strive. Has everybody gotten? There's a big, there's a big difference. And I, I think some people are gonna mess up on that. Doesn't mean we don't strive. I gotta be honest. At the landing, we used to run 350. I told somebody one time, they said, how many, they said, like, how many people did you want at 350? I said, 450. I said, but I know too, if I had 450, I'd want 550. Now, one, it's because you reach more people, you're blessing more people. You're, you're affecting lives. And I told him, I said, I'm just as aggravated with us right now as I can be. I said, some people don't want to come out from COVID and this and that. And I said, you know, it's a whole different world out there. And I said, thank God he's given us the wisdom of God and we're walking, walking it out and working it out. I said, but I'm going to tell you right now. I said, man, it's just aggravating to me right now. I had to change that. I'm content where I'm at, but I'm striving ahead. What did Paul say? I strive ahead. What did Jesus say? I look unto the joy set before me. And everybody say amen. Okay, a couple things real quick. We got our Wednesday nights. 
uh, coming up. We've got uh, Second Saturday Prayer coming up in March. We've got uh, the Women's, which is the first Saturday morning. That is going great, Gang of Busters. That's just going great. So I want to encourage all the women to be a part of that. Um, going to throw this out. If you're a man who brings your wife, you have to leave the area. What happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. What happens in women's ministry stays in women's ministry. Can I have an amen? And so, um, uh, throw that out. Um, uh, there, there, was, there was something else. Um, was there something else in the, in the slides? That's it, okay. The biggest thing again, Easter. Easter is uh, seven weeks away. Now we've got cards already printed. We've got banners printed. They'll start going out probably this week, first of next. Um, the cards, we actually have a website. We've got to get uh, finished putting together. And uh, the card actually sends people to a website. It'll have a video and have a map and have blah, blah, blah. I uh, want to encourage you to begin doing something. Now, the website will also have this too. We'll talk about this uh, next week. It's going to have a place for people to sign up to pray. Uh, I want you to begin praying right now. Let, let's, let's put in the work prayerfully to believe for God to do supernatural things this Easter, to draw people in so that we can see their lives changed. Uh, I'm probably going to show a couple pictures over the next couple of weeks because I, I, you know, I, I don't know what heaven's going to be like on so many levels. But I do wonder, and I know I will, because I have had people come up on this earth and do this, and thank me for doing something that brought them to the Lord. Uh, me and Lisa were at Chick-fil-A one day, and the guy walked up, and he said, you know, he goes, I was in your service. He goes, that's where, he goes, I came to a service you were preaching in. He goes, and I got saved in your service, in your ministry. Well, man, that just blessed me. But who in here knows that all the stuff we do for this Easter, when we get to heaven, we'll have people come up to us and say, thank you for doing what you did. Last year, we had that happen. Last year, we actually had probably 20 people come from a, a drug treatment facility just out of the blue showed up, came for several weeks, and then their leaders changed, and uh, evidently the leaders didn't want to do church. Um, but I was grateful to have them here, and I didn't know about it, but man, I think 12 of them got born again. Here's the best part. Now, these are all people in the drug treatment they're all working it out. They're out in the front. They're getting coffee. People are getting off things. Molly said one of them, and he had a grill teeth, you know, and all, you know, you could tell he, he, he's lived a life. And he said, all of a sudden, he opens the door and he yells at everybody, hey, get in here now. Pastor Chris is about to preach the word. Come on. You know what they did? They all said, yes, sir, and jumped out of that van and walked right in here. Amen. I wanted that man to be a part of my church. Can I have an amen? I wanted to say, brother, get him out of the lobby. I knew he'd have went, hey, get out of the lobby. Come on. So anyway, so God did, but I can't wait to get to heaven and see them. So my prayer is that this Easter, we have at least twice that, double that. And so also in that, we're going to do a work day around here to make sure things are cleaned up and done better. We actually need to get a couple rooms over here straightened out so that we, uh, we can, right now, if we had to get extra chairs in here, I couldn't do it. It would be almost impossible. It'd be a three-man job just to get them out of the room because there's some ceiling tiles and stuff. So we got to get all that straightened up and some stuff outside. So uh, you're gonna hear about that next week and a sign up date for that. It's gonna be on a Saturday from nine to 12. We're gonna start at nine, we're gonna end at 12. If we're not done at 12, we're gonna pretend it's the rapture and just leave. Can I have an amen? Okay, that's all we're gonna do, I promise you, nine to 12. It's not gonna be that church that it's from nine to 12 and we eat breakfast, lunch, and dinner together and go until 10 o'clock. I'm not doing that, okay? Um, except for Eli, you're, you're required to be here all day until I leave. I'm teasing. And so, uh, so a lot of things come up. So it's going to be a great time. Everybody say, I believe. Stand up with me. Say, the next few weeks are going to be powerful. Amen. Amen. Amen.
May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord cause his face to shine upon you. May he be gracious unto you and give you peace because you are content in him. In Jesus' name, and everybody says, amen. amen. God bless you.